something that needs to happen with a lot of agencies and brands that have large customer service departments is really invest in your customer service agents. Cross-train them in sales. That's not only going to be good for you, but it's going to be good for the trajectory for them within your company. At a certain point, they're going to feel that they want more. And who better to move up the chain in your company than people who have heard the woes of all your customers? How did Gymshark win 2020? Consumer research. They worked with a test to learn more about their audience's changing habits, then pivoted their business to meet those needs. Visit askatest.com slash D2C and use fast, accurate consumer research to get ahead. It's growth without guesswork. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Thursday and I'm Eric Dick and today I am with Maya and Raven to catch up on customer service. Now, customer service and comment moderation, community engagement, whatever you call it, we're going to talk about it today. It's actually something that both of my most recent two podcast guests, Nick Sharma from Sharma Brands and David Gaylord from Bushbaum, both mentioned good customer service as a, a D2C brand's secret weapon when it comes to building scalable businesses. Uh, Maya, as the head of uh, the community engagement division at Pilot House, what would you say are the three major ways that excellent customer service will grow a brand's revenue? There are definitely three major ways that come to mind immediately. Uh, great customer service will help with that initial purchase from a brand new customer. Uh, it'll also help if you have your customer service agents trained well and actively supporting your brand. They'll help increase the size of each sale that you make. And they'll also keep all those customers coming back time and time again, you know, referral and everything like that. So just keeping that longevity alive there too. And just by providing joyful experiences, you're just more likely to create a stronger connection that people are going to be more willing to come back to again. That's the idea, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I can think of so many brands that um, I go back to them, not because, you know, their product or their service was better than all the other alternatives. But every time I think about their company, I went, wow, remember the last time that I like emailed them and I got this like a nice little like snappy response. It had like a little bit of like pizzazz to it, but it made me feel like I was being heard. Like that's what's going to keep me coming back time and time and again. Now, we uh, we jumped in uh, a couple of months ago, I think, and we talked about right when you were kind of starting this department, taking it on, it was really focused at that time on comment moderation, which, as we know, is a really probably underutilized aspect of, of people spending ad campaigns. What, what If you're spending over $5,000 a month, you need to be having dedicated comment moderation support. But I wanted to ask you about how is the department evolving in terms of like what the scope of customer services that you're that you think about? Yeah, so when we originally started, like you mentioned, uh, we were just responding to uh, comments on Facebook and Instagram ads, and then we were coming to see that you know organic posts were getting a lot of engagement as well, but they weren't necessarily being responded to, so we branched into that, and then it became more about like uh, private responses through direct messages and everything like that. And I remember the last time I was on this podcast, I... I was sharing this fact that I had learned where only 9% of DTC brands actually address their comments, uh, whereas it's like one of the number one way where Gen Z and millennial customers will reach out to brands. And if you're not responding online, then not only are you not living up to the expectation of that specific commenter, but everyone else who's reading the comment sections, looking for testimonials and whether they want to invest in this brand, you're losing them as well. 
Now, Raven, as a senior media buyer and head of growth uh, of the D2C newsletter, uh, what's your experience with uh, specifically around comment moderation and its impact on uh, your most effective ads on the Facebook ad side, let's say? One bad comment can completely kill your conversion rate. You can have the best ad in the entire world, but if you have negative comments, everything that you as your brand have spoken about in your ad copy now in the eyes of the consumer has been devalued. Because me as a brand owner being like, yes, my product is great, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. Now you have somebody else though saying maybe it's not. One thing that Maya and her, her team are really good at is taking negative comments and turning those into a positive. And that is something that is massive in the DTC world. If you have a negative comment, say it's something about price or maybe it's shipping times, if you can kind of go in there and have that little cheeky response, we've actually, I've seen Maya do it. She's actually been able to get sales from responding to those negative comments in a positive light. And then it's the same thing of it being a journey too. So even though there may be a negative comment, we talked about this last time as well, you don't generally want to delete those negative comments unless they're belligerent or rude or profane or essentially, right? Um, but if they're, you know, if they're just a negative comment and you can, and you can kind of deal with it, you're going to get a, a full arc there that, that if people are reading it, they, they might help them buy even more because you've overcome someone else's obstacle that they might have. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's any company in the entire world that has a hundred percent happy customer like percentage. Uh, you're always going to expect and want to see that there is some conflict happening, but what is really important is how it gets resolved. Uh, there's two major types of negative commenters. There's people who have not yet purchased the product who are posting about maybe uh, it doesn't seem like it's worth its value. If there's other like barriers there. And then there's a type of commenter who's, saying that they have the product and that it didn't live up to its expectation. The first one is when you kind of come in and then you educate them a little bit. You ask maybe another commenter to provide a testimonial and stuff like that. It gets the conversation rolling. But with the second type, the one who was a previous customer, this is all about what can you do at this point? They, they do not like their experience so far. Is it about the actual product? Was it defective? Or was it not something that actually filled their needs? And then there's so many things you can do within full view of everyone else. You don't need to take it off of the comment section necessarily. It's all about people being able to see that you're not going to stand for any sort of negative experience. You're going to go above and beyond to make it right, even if that means that you lose that particular sale. Great advice there. Now, one of the things I, I like this opinion that we sort of have uh, down to chat about today, which is that you can't rely on customers to share feedback with you. This is this is something, you know, dealing with our sponsor, Attest, this this great customer research platform that's become like a long-term sponsor of the, of the podcast and newsletter. And their whole thing is it's like people who are going to comment, they are a certain kind of people and their relationship to your product is a certain kind of thing. But the vast majority of people will never say anything and you'll never really hear, you, you don't know what you don't know is, is what I would say. So Maya, what are some tactics for actually dipping into that pool of people that aren't likely to comment? in order to get their thoughts and feelings on the product? My first one is actually not something specifically about comments, but in general on your website. Uh, FAQ pages are a great wealth of knowledge and they're excellent in terms of expediting the process and everything. But if you rely too heavily on it, then you don't know where the friction points are in the purchase decision of your customers. So having like some kind of live chat available at all times or a link to directly message on Facebook or something like that readily available. That would be the best way to kind of see, okay, 
how many questions are we getting about like shipping time? You, yes, you could put that on the FAQ page, but if it's something that keeps coming up and you don't know how many people are actually inquiring about that, then it's not going to help you learn anything about the process for your customers. So what, uh, What's your take on automation in the customer service space? I know uh, there's platforms out, out there that help you. I know that there are bots as well that you can use, but w- what's your take on doing it by hand versus using a platform? Uh, there's a time and place for both, but I highly, highly stress that whenever possible to have a real person in real time responding, that is absolutely the way to go. There has been a trend where the amount of bots has been increasing and recently, I've actually been doing a deep dive into like different services that are being offered to help companies with their comment moderation, with their customer service. And everyone is really pushing those tools that have automated responses. But it turns out that the, how people find them helpful is not actually how they're being utilized. And when they first came out, everyone was like, wow, this makes it so much easier. But now they're more to benefit the company rather than to benefit the actual customer. So if you're actually looking for the best interest of your customer, which you should be, the best way is to have someone directly respond. And the only time that I think that having a bot in place would be helpful for the customer is if you don't have your staff working 24-7 or maybe your volume is too high and you just don't have the capacity to to handle everything within like 10 to 30 minutes when they come in. It just has something that reaches out and says, you know what, we hear you, we will be in touch with you, stay like hang tight. I think that that is the only case where you can um, use a bot. It's kind of like, you know, when you're at a restaurant, if you come in and you see it's busy, but then you don't hear from your server and you're just sitting there waiting and waiting, you don't have water on your table or anything, you're like, am I going to be served? Do they know that I'm even here? Whereas if your server came up and just literally said, hey, I'm with another table, I'll be with you in one second, at least you know that you are on their mind and going to be taken care of. Actionable item, just got to get that implemented. If, if our listeners, I can't imagine that only 8% of our listeners are doing some of these things, like, you know, responding to comments on the ads that they're paying good money for, or, or you know, not doing this. What I'm always blown away by is the amount of high-end uh, D2C founders and heads of marketing that I interview for these incredible brands, and how many of them still have their hands very directly on the customer service aspects of their business, whether it's the comments or the, or you know, or the, 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 the reaching, the DMing people specifically specifically on social media platforms and things like that. Like the, the term I keep hearing again and again is doing things that don't scale. Are you finding that to be true, Maya, in, in the world, in the in the customer service world that you're able to do, you know, sort of pretty unique things that, that really uh, help, you know, increase that customer's connection to the biz? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know that definitely like some of the brands that we're working on right now, um, they give us complete liberty um, to like go above and beyond with all of the customers that they have and create like all those like extremely memorable situations. And like, um, you know, we can make our own promo codes that might not actually be for anything more uh, than what's advertised in the ad, but just like personalizing it with our name or something like that. um, It just like makes it that little bit extra special. Yeah, Raven, I remember talking with uh, the, the Blanket founder on one of the podcasts, Big Blanket, and just talking about how he, put, you know, and I think that was an account that you were working on as well. Was that like having that founder in that position of like being really responsive to the customers on these social media platforms, was that helpful in, in running ads for this campaign? 
Definitely. I think it helps on the customer service side because as the customer, you're hearing directly from the owner, which is amazing. But there's also something to be said as a DTC brand owner in general to knowing what the objections to purchase are for your product. And the uh, testimonials and comments are a great way to find that. If I know what somebody's hesitation is to purchase as number one, an ad writer and a media buyer, and also as a brand owner, I can then start addressing those in the ad level. So essentially, if you know what those main points, those main friction points are, if you can identify them before purchase, that's that's an amazing place. It's also a really great place to get new angles as well. There may be, on a positive side with customer service, there may be uses for your product that you're not even aware of. And then you go to your comments, you're like, wow, you know, out of all of my comments, X amount actually said that they use my product for this. That's a new angle I need to test. Now you get your ads, your landing page going, and you've got a whole new whole new angle to test with. We do these uh, reports for all of our clients, and it's just so they don't have to, they don't physically have to be in the comment sections, um, but we're able to assign labels to all our incoming comments and messages and stuff like that, and consolidate, you know, all those trends on, okay, what were the negative reviews about this week? Um, what were the, the uh, most amazing testimonials that came in? Like, what was the frequent, like, asked questions, stuff like that. Um, but then we also like find comments that were just like, you know, especially creative or really funny or something like that. And then we push it onto the media buying team or the creative team. And it's like, hey, like this is an amazing angle. And it's really cool to find like comments that you have responded to or even your responses actually become creatives. And you're like, hey, oh my God. Like if, if the person who had actually commented were to see that, like, it's kind of like a little like moment of fame. I think it's really awesome. That is really cool. Um, how do you know, so all, all the brands listening out there, how do you know if you have good customer service? Is there a checklist you can just run down? How do you know if your customer service is up to snuff? Uh, so internally, there's definitely metrics that you can look for as in um, repeat customers, um, how quickly re you respond, um, and like the average amount of each sale going through and everything like that. But honestly, to know if you have good customer service, you have to hear it from your customers. So I guess one thing to say, oh, you know, uh, we do X, Y, and Z, therefore we have good customer service. But when was the last time you went to your website and tried to check out as a first-time buyer? If you go in, you're like, okay, uh, today I'm playing Todd, and Todd doesn't know if the product will ship to his state and be free shipping or something like that. And you go through your website, you go to find the product you want. Um, does it say everything in the product description that you need? Um, how easily can you find that shipping information? And you go through the entire customer's journey. Um, I guarantee that most people will find at least something that they could probably nitpick and make a little bit better. So um, receiving that feedback, if you're getting it from the customers is great, but I definitely encourage you to like, you know, ask your friends like, if you were to go to my site for the first time, what's your experience like? I remember back when I started in tech, I won't, I won't say exactly how long because it'll tell you how old I am, but uh, Zappos, Tony Shea at Zappos was like the um, the icon of customer service and the, the anecdotal stories about people being, you know, in a new city for the first time and calling Zappos and them helping them find a, like a pizza location near them or something, all these things, doing all these things just to go above and beyond. Who are some brands that you think uh, are really nailing their customer service in, you know, as you survey, e either Raven or Maya, that, that, that you've sort of experienced? The ones that definitely stick out for me in my personal experience, um, my bank, uh, I, I bank with TD, and I still remember conversations I had like maybe like 
seven or eight years ago. Um, and what, you know that quote about how it's like, it's not what you said, but it's how you make them feel or something along those lines. I don't remember the conversation, but I remember thinking that I don't feel like this person's trying to rush me through, like whether they're being evaluated on like how many issues they can resolve in a certain amount of time or how many tickets they can close is one thing, but I didn't feel like that was their goal. I felt like their goal was like holding my hand and making sure that everything was perfect. And I, I just felt so appreciated. What a classic example. And that's when you know you have good customer service. When you walk away and you're like, wow, I felt I was heard. I feel really appreciated. I'm going to continue banking with them or purchasing from them. And you, Maya, are likely now a lifetime customer with TD Bank due to that experience, which is exactly what DTC brand owners want. How do we get that lifetime value from a customer from just one single purchase? I got a mortgage with TD, so I definitely have some LTV with that brand. Uh, and I've also had excellent customer service, so shout out to TD. You should sponsor the newsletter. Uh, and so, okay, so I can imagine there are a lot of brand owners listening to this, uh, maybe agency owners as well, and just being like, okay, uh, I need to invest into into customer service, into comment mod, into community engagement, as we call it. How do you go about finding? So one way you could just come work with Pilot House, and you'd get to work with Maya and all the, all this fun stuff. That's always an option on the table here at the podcast. Uh, but if they want to hire, if if you're if there's an agency out there or a brand out there that wants to hire a person to take on customer service in their company, what are what are people looking for, Maya? Um, when I hire my my agents for Pilot House. Uh, we hire based on personality uh, over anything else. Like experience is wonderful and it teaches you so much, um, but you can learn the systems, you can learn the processes, you can learn um, the inventory, everything like that. The things that are hard to teach are empathy, uh, compassion, uh, the ability to listen and resourcefulness. And those are some of the, like, the really key elements you're looking for. You're looking for those people who are genuinely going to be invested in the success of this customer and not purely just from a sales driven point of view, but in helping them realize what they're trying to achieve as well. I love it. And it's, it's just a shout out there for any other, for young people looking for foots in the door in the in this industry. Like this is now a new foot in the door into high growth agencies or into D2C brands or whatever, where you can, you don't need a ton of experience. You could probably get someone right out of university who had the right disposition. Uh, and, and so it's another way to kind of join this world. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think that um, because customer service is often a entry-level position, uh, it's also a, a position that has a high turnover rate. Uh, I think that's something that needs to happen with a lot of agencies and, uh, and brands that have large customer service departments is um, really invest in your customer service agents. Uh, Cross-train them in sales. Um, that's not only going to be good for you, but it's going to be good for the trajectory for them within your company. Uh, at a certain point, they're going to feel that they want more. And who better to move up the chain in your company than people who have heard the woes of all your customers? They're going to be um, behind your customers at every level that they progress to. And ultimately, that's just going to create success everywhere upwards. If you haven't already, make sure you go to directtoconsumer.co and subscribe. Rate us five stars on the App Store or on Spotify if you can rate us there. Uh, just want to thank everyone for uh, for continuing to listen and, and reading our content. It's a, it's an honor to be doing it for everyone. So uh, thanks again. Thanks.